straight out of the fucking dungeons of rap, where Buddha Brad be smoking that Indo sack. Welcome back, everybody. It's your boy, Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis. And you guys are tuned into the season finale of season one of Earbuds. Guys, this has been a sick journey, and I appreciate all of you guys coming along for the ride. When I first started this podcast, I told myself, you know what? Just do five episodes. Just pump out five episodes, get them out there, and we'll see what happens after. And I love the following I'm getting and I love the support that you guys are sending my way so I had no other option but to keep going. So this week I'm going to be discussing, honestly man, probably, arguably, one of the sickest fucking artists. I mean, Nas is a beast. And this album, man, there's so much history behind it. Like this is Nas's premiere album. It's his debut album. And my fucking God, it was immediately labeled a masterpiece. So this album was released in 1994. And around that time, it was usually an artist and a producer. But there was so much hype around Nas that he had a wish list for producers. And they all wanted to work with him. These producers, they were legendary then, they're legendary now. So New York State of Mind is off of Nas's debut album, Illmatic, released in 1994, and it's produced by DJ Premier, or Primo. So this beat that he put together, it really shows the genius that DJ Premier is. Usually when you're putting together a song, maybe you take one sample, two, three is kind of ambitious, but DJ Premier took four. He took four different songs, four different elements, played with the fucking tones, and he made one ridiculously mind-blowing beat. So let's start at the beginning. You hear that airplane engine and that high-pitched tink-tink-tink sound? Well, that was sampled from Donald Byrd's Flight Time. Now let's move on to the drum portion. That drum beat is actually sampled from Cool and the Gang's N.T. And that absolutely disgusting, sick piano portion, well, that was off of Joe Chambers' Mind rain. And finally, for the chorus, that New York state of mind portion. Well, DJ Premier is sampling Rakim's voice from Mahogany. She asked, I come, I don't smile. I said, everything's fine, but I'm in a New York state of mind. As we reach the kingdom, she said, bring some 
Now you throw that all in a creative pot, let DJ fucking Premiere mix that shit up, and you get one iconic instrumental. So as I mentioned, DJ Premier was not the only heavy-hitting producer on this album. We also have Large Professor, who I'll talk about more when we get into the fun fact section of today's show. Then there's Pete Rock. Now you may not know who he is, but if you played NBA Street Volume 2, I'm sure you recognize this song. Reminisce for a spell, or shall I say think back? Yeah. 22 years ago to keep it on track. Uh-huh. The birth of a child on the 8th of October. Then we have Q-Tip from the legendary Tribe Called Quest. And you probably know him from this song. And finally, L.E.S. He's someone that grew up with Nas in Queensbridge. He produced a few songs on the album Illmatic, but he also went on to co-produce a very famous Will Smith track. Bring it. Alright guys, enough of the background story. Let's get into some fucking lyrics. So do me a favor, if you guys haven't heard the song yet by Nas, pause the show right now, go down to the description, and click on the link. We'll be here waiting for ya. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one. It's the Ten Crack Commandments, one. Uh, uh. Man, can't tell me nothing about this code. Uh-huh. All right, welcome back, everybody. And just in time, we're about to partake in one of the holiest of motherfucking holiest rituals that we have here on Earbuds. Do me a favor and join me for this motherfucking chronic break. So the first rhyme I want to discuss is actually the first two lines of the song. So you know Nods is starting it off very tight. Rappers, I monkey flip em with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition of pain. I don't know how to start this. Rappers, I monkey flip em with the funky rhythm. I be kicking, musician, inflicting composition of pain. I'm like Scarface sniffing cocaine. So it sounds good to the ear, 
But what's Nas saying here? Well, a monkey flip is a wrestling move. You know, you grab the person from the neck, you put your legs in their torso, you fall backwards, and you catapult them behind you. Well, obviously Nas isn't going to do this physically, but he's going to do it with his words. He's going to grab these rappers lyrically, and he's going to turn their world upside down. When they listen to his track, it's going to feel like someone grabbed them by the neck, kicked them in the stomach, and flipped them. Now, the second part is pretty fucking clever. I be kicking musician inflicting composition of pain. So here Nas could be saying, I'm a musician who's going to be imposing unwanted elements of pain on these rappers. Another way to interpret it is he's saying that I'm going to take you through a journey. I'm going to inflict unwanted pain to you lyrically in the sense that when you hear my music, you guys are going to feel the same pain that I feel. Let's get into the next line. So the next line, man, it's my fucking favorite. It's actually not even a line. It's pretty much a whole verse. And I want to share it with you guys because just the vivid imagery and the description that Nas provides, it really feels like there's a movie playing in front of me. Like I can really imagine myself in this situation. So what situation am I talking about? So the situation Nas describes, he's on the corner with his homies. They're slanging drugs. All of a sudden, there's rivals that are trying to compete for the same turf coming through and shooting at them. Nas and any type of corner boy, they don't have their gun on them. Two things that you can't keep on you are guns and drugs. So in case the cops pull up, you don't have any guns or drugs on you. So that's a good thing in terms of not being busted by the cops, but it's a bad thing if you need to protect yourself. So Nas has to go get his gun and start shooting back. And well, let's see how the rest plays out. My God, man, I could totally imagine this. Nas is on the corner. He's slanging drugs. A rival gang shows up and put, put, put. They start shooting at him. So what does he do? He runs towards the grass, picks up the gun, and he starts firing back. He kills a few of them. He hears these neighbors, these ladies screaming. He's standing there with his arm fully extended, finger on the trigger. It's fucking shaking. He closes his eyes and click, click, click. He pulls it back and he sees there's three caught up in the chamber. So there's people coming at you. They're fucking shooting live and you can't defend yourself. So he starts running, fucking running for his life. And he's so high out of his mind because he's probably drinking or smoking all day. Because a lot of this shit, man, a lot of foul stuff you see in the hood, you can't do it sober. Or he's so high on the adrenaline to try to keep him alive. As he's running through the building lobby, he sees all these kids, but he doesn't really fucking see him because he's so high. Honestly, man, this verse was the main reason why I wanted to do this song because it really just took me there. Nas is kind of like the Shakespeare of Queensbridge. He's that poet because he's just so deadly with his words. All right, third line. I know this crackhead who said she got a smoke nice rock and if it's good, she'll bring your customers and measuring pots. So if you're a drug dealer on the corner, you sell it in bags. 
you put them in tiny bags or tiny vials. And when you're cooking crack from cocaine, you know, you use different types of measuring cups or measuring utensils. This crackhead is saying that if you give me the best shit out there, forget all these vials, forget these bags, forget these measuring cups. I'm going to bring you so many customers that you're going to have to measure your shit out in a fucking pot, like a soup pot, like a large pot. Let's talk about the fourth lyric. The smooth criminal on the beat breaks. Never put me in your box if your shit eats tapes. The smooth criminal on beat breaks. Never put me in your box if your shit eats tapes. The city never sleeps. Full of villains and creeps. That's where I learned to do my... So what Nods is saying here is that his rhyming style, how smooth it is when the beat takes a break, it's like when Michael Jackson dances. It's slick and it's undeniable that he's skilled. The cool thing about this line is that Nas and Premier time it perfectly so this line falls exactly when he breaks the beat. And the second part, never put me in your box if your shit eats tapes. Well, I don't know how old you guys are, but if you remember back to 1994, a lot of people weren't using CDs. A lot of people were buying music on cassettes. And if you had a shitty ass boombox, it would fucking tangle up the tape where the recording was. It would eat it in the sense of that the machine would rip it out of the cassette. So Nas is saying, yo, my shit is so fucking tight. It's so fucking sick that you do not trust me. You don't want to put it in a shitty boombox because you're going to regret it. This is how valuable my song is. Let's get into some fun facts. The first fun fact I want to talk about revolves around the line, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. So throughout literature, throughout the many years of literature, sleep has been compared to death very often. William Shakespeare has done it. Homer from the... No, not him. Homer from the Odyssey has done it. And Nas does it in New York State of Mind. So what does Nas mean that sleep is the cousin of death? Well, he's saying that they're closely related. When you're from the streets, you can't afford to sleep. Now, not sleep in the literal sense, but more so caught slipping or sleeping on the job. Remember that second verse I was talking about where Nas was shooting and his bullets to get caught in the chamber? Well, now imagine you were caught quote-unquote sleeping or slipping. What would happen to you? You'd obviously lose your life. And this is why you don't sleep, because sleep is the cousin of death. So let's get into the second fun fact. Here, Nas describes being in a situation where he gets so frustrated that he might commit an act of terrorism and hijack a plane. So with this line, Nas could be making two references. One reference could be to Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five's The Message. The second reference could be to Delta Airlines Flight 841. From July 31st to August 2nd, 1972, the Black Liberation Army hijacked a plane and received a million dollars ransom for it. Four out of five of the people were caught and they had to return the money. But this was a big fucking deal. 
So Nas is saying that if he's in a situation where he's not happy with it or if he's frustrated with his current situation, he might just follow the footsteps of the Black Liberation Army and hijack a plane. Third fun fact. Remember the producer Large Professor I was talking about? Well, he was part of a hip-hop group called The Main Source. And for a lot of people's ears, Nas debuted on their song Live at the Barbecue. There was one line that drove everyone nuts the streets were buzzing and people wanted to work with him. When I was 12, I went to hell for snuffing Jesus? So obviously this line has a shock factor, right? He's talking about snuffing Jesus. And snuffing is slang for punching someone in the face. So what does Nas mean by this line? Nas could be saying that I chose a life of so much sin that it wasn't just a slap in the face for Jesus. It was literally a fucking punch in the face. Final fun fact. So at this point, I hope you guys can agree with me without a doubt that this is a phenomenal song and Nas is clearly really talented. So that first verse, the rappers and monkey flip em verse, he did that all in one fucking take trust me man as someone that records yo doing something in one take is very fucking hard a 20 minute episode probably takes me an hour of recording and re-recording so Nas would write the song in the studio he would cover his mouth and mumble the words to himself and then when it was time to go he would just fucking unleash it and at the very beginning of the track when he says I don't know how to start this shit well it was because he literally just wrote it before he started that shit. All right, guys, that's the end of the episode. Thank you so much for all the support that you guys have been giving me. We just completed episode 10, and I look forward to so many more with you guys. So please keep sending me requests, keep sending me your feedback, and keep supporting me. Follow me on Twitter, subscribe to me on YouTube, follow me on Spotify, and share, share, share. That's the end of season one. I'm your boy. Buddha Brad, the lyrical analyst inspired by cannabis, and you just listened to the season finale of Earbuds. Peace. Everything that's supposed to be bad make me feel so good Everything they told me not to was exactly what I would Man, I tried to stop, man, I tried the best I could, but Make me smile What's your addiction? Is it money? Is it girls? Is it we? I've been afflicted by that one